0: Thanks for listening to The Leader Coronavirus Daily. We're bringing you news, interviews, analysis and special features every weekday at 4pm. Subscribe to make sure you don't miss out. Now, from the Evening Standard in London, this is The Leader Coronavirus Daily. Hi, I'm David Marsland. As Labour calls for a lockdown exit strategy in the UK, in countries like Denmark, the kids are already going back to school.
1: The families, some of them, talks a lot about do the schools have control enough, is it safe enough? And some families, they they feel okay with that.
0: Danish academic Ido Venselvinter on how the move is going down in the country. Also...
2: Today I'm instructing my administration to halt funding of the World Health Organization while a review is conducted.
0: Donald Trump's cutting funding for the World Health Organization. The Evening Standards' U.S. correspondent David Gardner tells us why. Taken from the Evening Standard's editorial column. This is the Leader Coronavirus Daily. For the whole thing, pick up the newspaper or head to standard.co.uk/comment. In a moment, how Denmark's reacting to lockdown restrictions being lifted.
2: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen
0: Labour's new leader, Sir Keir Starmer, has laid down his first gauntlet for the government, a lockdown exit strategy, by the end of the week. He's written to Dominic Raab in Boris Johnson's absence, saying the UK needs to know what's next. Government sources say talk of an exit strategy this soon risks confusing the message that people need to stay at home. But our editorial column says Sakir's making an interesting move.
3: The Labour leader's decision is a sharp attack on the government. So why has he done it? If he's after political advantage, he's made a mistake. Paul suggests that the government is currently one of the most popular ever. There's huge sympathy for the Prime Minister as he recovers. When Sakia says we need to see light at the end of the tunnel, he's wrong. Simply offering hope that we are reaching the end of lockdown when we don't know if we are isn't the same as the transparency and openness he says we need. This week, almost no one will question the decision to extend the lockdown. But as time passes, the questions will become more challenging. Sakia has an eye not just to where politics is now, but where it might be in three months time and in three years. This government is about to find out what it is like to face a serious opposition.
0: So don't get your hopes up expecting a lockdown lift up in the UK anytime soon, but it is happening elsewhere. This morning, Denmark reopened classrooms for children under 11 who have been stuck in their homes for a month. The country was one of the first in Europe to impose restrictions and has one of the lowest infection rates on the continent. Ida Venselvinda is an associate professor from Aarhus University and has been researching how families are coping during the pandemic. She joins me over Zoom and Ida, let's start with going back to school. How's that going down?
1: It uh, depends on who they are. Some families have sent the kids t- to school today and also to kindergarten. The families, some of them, talk a lot about that they are afraid. Uh, do they? Do the schools have control enough? Is it safe enough? Or this kind of discussion is going on. And some families, they, they feel okay with that. They think it's okay. And the schools, and especially the schools, they, it seems that they have control over it. The kindergartens, the parents to to younger kids. I think they're a little bit more afraid. So it's difficult for many parents to 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 accept that that's just how it is.
0: Do they feel that this is happening too soon, or is it more about not having enough information?
1: All of them until now have said that they're not afraid from themselves. They don't feel that their family is in risk. So so they take care of all this kind of stuff just to 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 take care of other people. So they, th- they say to us or tells us that they're not afraid of sending their kids to school and should they get the, um, the coronavirus, they're not in the risk group, so that's okay. But of course no one knows how safe it is, no one knows if it's the right way to do it, no one. So that way we're all in a kind of experiment.
0: Is there a difference in attitudes between the children themselves and their parents?
1: It also depends on who the kids are and how old they are. And um, we talked to, the other day I talked to a family. They have four kids between five and 15. And the youngest one, they were really looking for going back to school. One of them was in first grade, no, grade zero. And she was just looking for getting back to her friends. The older one, they were a little bit more laid back with that because they they and they have contact on, uh, on computers. They talk to their friends in that way. So so for the elderly children or young people, it's more it's more okay. They can also, some of them, or walk, perhaps take a walk with their, with their best friend, with a good distance, of course. But the, the youngest one, many of them, they're really longing for, for kindergarten and school.
0: And do they understand, though, what COVID-19 coronavirus is those younger ones?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm, it, sh- it shocked me how much they understand. I don't know what is understanding, but they know a lot about it. They are taking very much care. They're very much um, uh, up to, um, to, to, uh, to, uh, to to cleaning hands, being very careful uh, to use all kinds of medications to, 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 um, to clean sticks if they play with other people. So, so they really try to, 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 to handle it in the best way. And they talk about the corona, if it was something they knew. And they know who have decided, the Danish prime minister, May the FedExen, since the one who decides. And they know that.
0: How long have the kids been in lockdown for in Denmark?
1: For a month.
0: That's quite a while. How has that gone in that group that you've been speaking
1: to? In the beginning, the first week, it was like a holiday. Everyone was a wow, away from school. But it seems that it, it had been more okay than they had thought before. And um, many families they tell us about that they have gone into a kind of vacuum, a kind of um, in between time. It's not holiday, it's not weekend, it's not everyday life, but it's something special. It's something in between that they have never tried before. They had to stay inside, and if they go out, they had to have really good reasons. They had have to have to take care of each other. They had to play with siblings they normally don't play well. They had to use so much time together and talk with each other about all this kind of stuff, things they haven't done before. So in that way, nearly all the families, they tell us that in, in the microwave, the family has been very much put together in that way. Has Denmark changed then? Yeah, some of them tells us that this way of being together, walking tourists or um, baking cakes or having another kind of family rhythm. They want to continue with that if it's possible after. But of course, they know that everyday life will return to some kind of normally routine. But that tells me, most of them, that this has shown that how family also can be. And for some of them, this way of being a family is perhaps very attractive.
0: Next.
4: Classic Donald Trump, really. He has been criticised himself in acting too slowly, but Mr Trump is not one to admit any kind of failure.
0: US correspondent David Gardner. Donald Trump's having a fight with the World Health Organisation. But
2: why?
0: Standing in the Rose Garden outside the Oval Office, Donald Trump, beleaguered after days of criticism against his coronavirus strategy, said the U.S. is a victim of the World Health Organization's mismanagement and accused it of a cover-up.
2: The reality is that the WHO failed to adequately obtain, vet and share information in a timely and transparent fashion. Had the WHO done its job to get medical experts into China to objectively assess the situation on the ground and to call out China's lack of transparency. The outbreak could have been contained at its source with very little death, very little death, and certainly very little death by comparison.
0: He suspended the US's contribution to the organization's funding pending a review. An estimated $400 million was given last year. Our US correspondent David Gardner is with me over the
4: phone. And David, what's he up to? Donald Trump is saying that he's planning to halt funding to the World Health Organization, saying it's failed in its basic duty in dealing with the uh, coronavirus pandemic. He's pointing the finger at the WHO, saying that it should have acted faster in containing the uh, outbreak and, and preventing travel to and from China. As usual, he's saying that he did it right, and that he, at an early stage at the end of January, stopped travel to China, from China, from America, and he's saying that the WHO should be held accountable.
0: Is this a surprise, though, David?
4: It's not the first time, of course, that Mr Trump has criticised the WHO. He did the same thing last week, and it's not the first time that he's criticised international organisations like the WHO. He's been a critic of the UN and other treaties where he says America pays far more than other countries, uh, and accused other nations of not putting their weight and leaving it all up to America. He's doing the same here. Uh, I- indeed, America does uh, provide between four hundred and five hundred million dollars a year to the WHO, which is, you know, by far the biggest amount of any country. UK, incidentally, is the second largest contributor. Mr. Trump complains that China only contributes about forty million, although I think it's a little bit more than that. It's more than about seventy six, seventy eight million.
0: Donald Trump himself has clearly. Under some pressure, you only had to look at the press conference the other day where he claimed he had total authority and even some Republicans recoiled at that phrase. Is he using the World Health Organization to distract from controversies within the White House?
4: Again, classic Donald Trump, really. He has been criticised himself in acting too slowly to stop the spread of the virus. Uh, and at one time, indeed, he was supportive of china 's uh, handling of the problem, and he himself tried to play it down. History has shown that he was wrong, um, but Mr. Trump is not one to admit any kind of failure. This is being seen in some quarters uh, as an attempt to deflect deflect the criticism that he has received in, in acting too slowly um, and by pointing a finger at somebody else uh, you know maybe prevent some people from pointing the finger at him
0: but how successful can he be at um, getting people to stop pointing fingers at him when he's making big dramatic statements like pulling out of the World Health Organization during a pandemic David I mean perhaps at home but internationally what's the reaction been?
4: The reaction from the UN, unsurprisingly, is not good. The UN is saying it's not the time to cut funds to the WHO, which, you know, at the time of a a worldwide pandemic, I mean, they certainly have a case. High-profile figures like Bill Gates have also been critical of Mr Trump's comments. The second largest funder, indeed, to the WHO is the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Mr Gates said that halting funding to the WHO during a world health crisis is as dangerous as it sounds whether mr trump goes ahead in halting the funding is yet to be seen he says they're going to stop funding while a review is carried out but uh, again it's trump doing what he does um, and pointing fingers at a time then when many fingers are being pointed at himself
0: And that's the Leader Coronavirus Daily. You can keep up with all the latest coronavirus developments with the Evening Standard's live blog, which you'll find at standard.co.uk. And we also have morning briefings available at 7am through your smart speaker. Just ask for the news from the Evening Standard. This podcast is back tomorrow at 4